All right, John chapter 10. Are you still with me this morning? All right, here we go. Um, I'm going to share some things with you. As it comes to Easter, we've been talking about covenant. And uh, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ is connected to God's covenant with us. Because God made a covenant for our redemption in eternity before the world was formed. Before the foundation of the world, Christ was slain. But in order for him to be slain, he had to come into the earth. He had to be sent as a man into the earth to redeem man out of the fall. Amen? And so for us today, it's so important that we understand that and keep focused on. We want to celebrate his birth, but we want to remember why he was born. We're going to give you some of that in contact to covenant. Now, the other part I want you to understand is that 1 John 3.8 says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest so that he might destroy the works of the devil. John 10 and verse 10, I'm going to read it to you out of several translations. The King James says it like this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have what? Life. Now watch it. And they may have it more abundantly. All right, the New Living Translation says it like this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The Amplified Bible says it like this. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full Till it overflows. Amen. So now think about that. Jesus is telling us, he's given us a description of our life in him. What our life in him is supposed to look like. The message Bible says it like this. The thief, excuse me, is only here, is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I mean, no, that's good. That's what he came for us to have. But there's another couple verses that we have to remember about the thief. So, and I want you to get this and to take it personal. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says this, Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary. Look at somebody and tell them you have an adversary. See, we forget that. We just go about our Christian life, and we just get lazy. We just get casual. We get everything. But we forget you have an adversary. Jesus said he is the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Peter says, be sober and be vigilant. Be awake, pay attention, and be on guard because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, Seek him whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Watch this. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Listen to the Amplified. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. Somebody say at all times. For that enemy of yours... The devil roams around like a lion in fierce anger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. 
withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. Knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. The messy Bible says it like this, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. I like that. Amen? So think about this. Jesus said that he came for us to have life. So I want to talk to you this morning. And if you listen to that, he really is declaring a transformed life. So I want to declare just a little bit about a transformed life and really how to live a life of faith. In this hour, this season, you need to be a people of faith. The instruction that Paul gives to us, that Habakkuk said to us, is that the just shall live by faith, period. So we need to be a people of faith. In your outline there, 2 Corinthians 5.17 from the New Living Translation, it says this. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Praise the Lord. So think about it. The transformed life starts with believing that you have a destiny within you to fulfill. Every believer, come on, Jesus didn't die just for you to have the same life the world has. Colossians 1 says you're translated out from under the kingdom of this world and your power of this world and you're brought into the kingdom of his son. We are Christians are kingdom people and we live for kingdom purpose. We don't live for the same things that the world lives. We live with a hope and an expectation of what God has in store for us. We are not of that. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. So understanding that you have a destiny within you to fulfill that your life was meant for more than just mere existence. Circumstances will not control your life. You are living by the word of God, which causes everything to change to your favor. When you become a person of the word, God causes his word to work on your behalf to cause everything to change for your favor. That's why the apostle Paul can say, we don't look at things on the outside because everything you see outside is temporal and subject to change. But we look at the inward man, though an outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. So you're to live from the inside out. Amen? Living for God from the inside out. So how do we deal with this transformed life? To renew, you will have to replace the old with the new. If you're going to live a transformed life and have a renewed life in Christ, you're going to have to replace the old with the new. My stepfather was a great man and uh, <coughs> amazing guy. And, uh, but when his younger years, when he smoked, he, he wanted to quit. But he had developed a habit. And back in those days, you know, we all had shirts in our pocket and people would carry their cigarettes up here and stuff. And so when, when you do think you have a habit, there, there's a natural reach reflex. Any habit you have has a reach reflex connected to it. it it's what you reach for in that moment, how you act and how you respond. There's a reach reflex. So he says, every time I wanted a cigarette, I would automatically reach to my pocket. So what I did is I took the cigarettes out and I put lemon drops in there. So that when I reached for them, and then instead of putting a cigarette in my mouth, I put a lemon drop in my mouth, he said. 
And then I put it in there and I just sucked on it from it. Then I spit it out because I didn't want to get addicted to lemon drops. <laughs> but, but I had to replace the old with something new. So the, the reflex was there, but I, I wanted to change what I reached for. See, some of us, we, we keep reaching for something, and the thing we're reaching for out of a habit is detrimental to our health, to our life, to our spiritual relationship with the Lord. And, and so you have to change and deal with that reach reflex. So you have to change the old with the new. That was his lemon drop theory. So what do I do? Number one, change what goes into your heart. Words go into your heart. All words are seed and they get sown into your heart. So you have to change what goes into your heart by changing what you're listening to. Amen. Secondly, Change what comes out of your mouth. But you can't change what comes out of your mouth until you change what's going into your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. Amen? So if I, if I want change and if I want to live the transformed life, then I have to go through the process of renewal. And part of that process of renewal is I have to change what I'm hearing so I can change what I'm receiving into my heart so I can change what's coming out of my mouth. Amen? Number three, continue there until change, until there is a change that remains. Or in other words, stay until the change is permanent. He didn't put the lemon drops in there for a day. He did it until he no longer desired to smoke. Until you break the habit. You change until you make it to renewal. Can you say amen? Change until there is a change that remains. Number four, don't give up or stop the renewal process. Stop part way. Stop there. Do that. Many times people going through recovery programs are doing different they, they go just enough till they're a little bit better, but they don't go all the way. Amen. Go all the way. Praise the Lord. Go all the way. Go until there's a real process and it stays. Years ago, I would tell the story. And, uh, you know, you always think when you have a Christian school, you're just going to get the best kids in the world to go to your school. And that wasn't always true. And so we had some kids that really needed prayer. Amen. And help. And uh, along those ways. And so over the course of time, we had collected some different paraphernalia and different things. So as a pastor, there was a time when, when uh, we had a situation and we actually had the sheriffs have to come and talk to them. And so while I was meeting with the sheriff, dealing with this one area, I said, oh, hey, seeing how you're here, I should probably give you this stuff too. So I reached in my drawer and I pulled out two little bags of pot and uh, a little pipe and stuff. I said, here, you can have this too. <laughs> no, it's not mine, officer. <laughs> but it's something that we had just confiscated and collected and stuff. But <clears throat> when I got saved earlier... I smoked dope from the time I was in seventh grade till I was 25 years old, almost every day. And uh, I, I, I could contain, then when we did drugs, our challenge was how stoned can you be and still do your job? It, it, was, it, it was a recreational sport. I have four gold medals in that. But, but anyway, in that area there of dealing with that, but, but what I'm saying is that I, I had gone through so much transformation that what used to be a stronghold in my life was no longer a temptation to me. That, that thing could sit right there in my drawer and be there, and the thought of using it or doing it was no longer there because I'd actually made a change. Change had become complete. 
Can you say amen? And so that's what you're after. You're after that transformed life that you don't stop until the renewal process is complete. Get this this morning. Remember that old habits never leave your life. They go dormant into your subconscious until the stimulus that created them has another opportunity to reactivate them. We must keep pressing forward. Go in your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter, um, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5. And the best way I can say this is we hear a lot of people say today, well, you know, we're not under law, but we're under grace. And sometimes my response to them is, yes, that's true. We're not under stupid, we're under truth. Because a lot of people use that to continue in old behaviors that produce bondage in their life. I can still drink, I can still do this, I can still go here, I can still do this. I can do all these things that have potential to bring bondage and damage into my life. Amen. But Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13 says this, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity through the, for the flesh, but through love to serve one another. So what that means is, though I have liberty, be careful that you're not giving old habits the opportunity to resurface in your life. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Give it to you in maybe just a little different content. Hebrews chapter 11, and look at verses 13 through 16, says this. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Watch this. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. So I can't look back at my old life. I can't look out of where I come from. I can't look back at those old habits, those old lifestyles, those old things, and consider them, or else I'm going to find myself taking opportunity to return to them. I'm doing okay. So important. So watch this this morning. And some people say, and I know I give you a lot in my messages and dealing with that, and I no longer apologize for that. You should be hungry enough for the word that you enjoy this. Amen. Amen. That's because this, my mission in life has been to shepherd God's people to live for the higher life that God has prepared for them and called them to because it is theirs to possess. God has a transformed life for every believer to live, but you're not going to get it. And, and I read those verses about you having an adversary. The devil wants you to be casual. He wants you to be very lackadaisical. He doesn't want you to be purposeful. He doesn't want you to be intentional. He doesn't want you to be driven in your faith. He wants you to just have a, just a casual, laid-back, all-is-good viewpoint of what it means to serve God. That's not what we're called to do. Can you say amen? So watch this. Look inside your outline. I believe as a whole, far too often Christians live below their God-given position in life. Too often we settle for what others have shaped for us or for only what they programmed us to believe is possible. Brother Jared said it so good. Friday night, we had him come speak to our, 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 our team, and uh, he was just talking about that people are paying to go to conferences to tell you that God is dead and doesn't do anything today. 
that God doesn't do miracles. He has no power. None of that is manifest for the day. Everything ceased with the apostles. So 90% of your, or 50% of your New Testament, you can just rip out. You don't have to read. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't Amen. That encourages me. Well, what'd you get? I found out God doesn't do anything today. What does that mean? We've been programmed to believe that it's not possible. But listen, we all have a great destiny that has been placed in us by God. Every one of you has a destiny that's been placed in you by God. Amen. And we can live a transformed life. I put this in here from Pastor Casey Treat, and he wrote a book called A Passport to a New Identity. You know what? When you have a passport in your travel, your passport says that you're a citizen of a specific country. And you, you have a passport, and you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And you're a benefit, and you have the covering as a citizen of the United States. There are protections that belong to you. There are rights that belong to you. Supposed to be. Amen. But in that, it's a declaration of your I am made righteous. I am blessed with everything heaven has to offer. I am healed. All my needs are met. I overcome every problem and I win in every circumstance for I am more than a conqueror. I am living my dream. I am fulfilling my destiny. My life is a success in him. Well, I don't know if I could say that. Every day... You are confessing something, and I submit to you that this is probably better than what you're saying. Are you doing all right? If I get up in the morning, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm bad. Oh, I this. Oh, I that. Oh, I. Oh, I. Oh, I. Don't say oh, I unless you're from Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Hello? And then you wonder why every morning you get up and you're, ah, ah, because God creates the fruit of your lips. How would you like to have that confession, God creating that, instead of the one you normally make? Say, Pastor, you're getting in my house. That's just where I live and that's my job. Amen. I'm trying to help you up to the higher life that God has for you. Think about this. Life is filled with circumstances. That's why the next thing that comes out of your mouth could be life or death. Amen. Make sure that faith-filled words come out of your mouth from the Word of God. Make sure you're speaking the Word of God. Amen.
Romans chapter 8, and I just want to read one of the verses. You could read it, verse 16, all the way through 39. Powerful declaration of who we are in Christ. Paul makes just such a great uh, presentation here. But listen to verse 39. It just says, excuse me, verse 38 through 39. I am persuaded that neither life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Verse 37, Paul goes through all these things in opposition that comes up. But let's watch that. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Amen? So being able to get your mind to agree with that, that's why Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every day you are bombarded with negative things. I have never seen a a time in history, if, if you watch TV at all, it seems like every other commercial is a new drug for something. A new pill you can take for that. And, and, and so just all these symptoms of this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And you need this, you need that. And people, and, and, and so many times, we're willing to pop that stuff in my mouth. But you know that the Bible says that God's word is medicine. Proverbs chapter 4 says it is health to all your flesh. That word health is medicine. So if you would take God's word into your life as easily as you take a pill into your life, maybe the word of God would produce the health you're looking for. That's right. The amen goes right there. So let's talk about building a life of faith. Let's take these next few moments and let me tell you, talk to you about building a life of faith on the word of God. knowing what faith is and how faith works is of vital importance to our life. Now listen, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, this is what Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, when He returns, will He find faith on the earth? When the centurion came to Jesus and said, if you just speak the word, my servant will be healed, Jesus said this, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. So if He hadn't found it yet, it means he was looking for it. You can only find things that you're looking for. Amen? So he was looking for faith in Israel, and he didn't find it there. He found it in a Roman centurion who understood the authority of God and knew what it meant to be under authority and how authority worked, and he released faith and said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. You just have to speak the word. What if we got to that place with God? God, I hear your word. Your word is my answer. That's all I need. It's finished. Amen. So awesome. Praise the Lord. So watch this. Knowing what faith is and how it works in vital importance. We need to know how to get faith and how it is to be used in our life. There are unfortunately too many misconceptions of faith, its work, and purpose in the church and in the traditional thinking of many people. If you've been in church for very long, then you have some conditioned thinking or traditional thinking. Here's a key note for you. God has already done all he's going to do for man. Might be hard. Your redemption is complete. Jesus said three words on the cross. What were they? It is finished. That means redemption is complete. Right now, he's your high priest. And as your high priest, he's not ministering all the time on your behalf. The the priests on the earth, every time they're continually going before God 
for man, to God, for man, to God, for man, to God, for man. God, Jesus went to the Father once for you, and now he's seated by the right hand of the Father. He's not up working busy. He's seated because he presented the complete sacrifice for your complete redemption. Are you doing all right? Complete in him. Hallelujah. So watch this. He's already done all he's going to do. Your redemption is complete. God does not do things in response to our needs. He met all of our needs through his son, Christ Jesus, at Calvary. Amen? You can look at all of those scriptures up. We don't have time to read them all. So references are there for you That Faith does not move God to act on your behalf. So that those with more faith can get God to do more for them than he does for others. God asks us to believe in him by faith, and he gives us all the faith we need to do so. God says in Romans 12, 3, God has given to every man the measure of faith. He doesn't give me more faith than he gave to Anthony or to Mike or to Ken or to anybody else or to Steve, anybody else. God gives everybody the same measure of faith. Your body is made with all the same components of any other body. If people have bigger muscles than you, they exercise more than you. If people have more faith than you, they exercise more than you. Amen. People just use what they have more than you. You have the same as they have. You just haven't exercised it yet. You haven't developed it yet. You haven't used it to its full potential, but you have the same measure that every person has. Are you doing all right? So important to understand, because what we do is we give ourselves excuses instead of taking responsibility. You live in the age of the great excuse. Listen to our nation. It's not my fault. I have bad parents. I have this. This is that. I didn't have the opportunity. I come from this. I come from that. Don't give yourself an excuse to failure. Find the determination to succeed. God has redeemed you out of the failure of this world, out of the corruption of this world. He's made you a son. He's set you in his kingdom. He's put his life on the inside of you. He's endued you with his power. He's given you his word. Quit trying to fail. Amen. Think about it. So what is faith? Faith is confidence in God to keep and to perform his word spoken to us in in covenant. God's given you his word in covenant. So faith in God is confidence in him. I act in confidence in him and towards him and for him that he will keep his word. Amen. Faith is a confidence and trust that we release towards God to receive all that he has prepared for those who love him and are called by his name. We are adopted by God by faith, by faith through his son. We are called by his name, and we now live on the provision of his house. Go with me to, Ezekiel, to Psalms 36. Watch this. Amazing decoration. Psalm 36 actually ties into what David said to Mephibosheth when he went and got Jonathan's son and brought him back into the palace and he restored everything that he had lost. He gave him back everything that belonged to Saul, his grandfather, and to his father, Jonathan. But he said, you'll not do that. You'll eat at my table. And I will, you'll eat and live by my provision, not by yours. Amen. Psalm 36, look at this in verse 7 and 8. How precious is your loving kindness. Loving kindness is a covenant term. How precious is your hased, your loving kindness, your tender mercy. 
Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with what? Do you get that? Listen, you're God's children. He says you will be abundantly satisfied with the fullness of his house. Is there any lack in the house of God? No. So think about that. And you give them to drink from the rivers of what? Your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light we see light. So that's what you were brought into. Jesus came. He was born. We celebrate his birth. And we remember why he died. So bring us back into this redeeming grace of God. Hallelujah. See, faith is simply believing and receiving what the Father has for you. Living the life he prepared for you to live. Faith through acts of obedience to his word brings the release of the provision of God to the need of your life. Faith believes and receives what is already there by virtue of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Amen? Watch it. Faith does not make God do something special for us at that moment that is not already prepared. It is already complete. It's already done. Faith receives what's in store. Amen? What is already there. It's sure just receive it. People who walk by faith and have more, they just believe in what is there. I mean, the Bible says you have been made a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. That means everything that he has, you are a partaker of. Glory to God. I can't tell if I'm making friends or enemies this morning. Hallelujah. So watch this. Here's another keynote for you. You will never receive something that has not already been done and has already been provided for through our access to the fringe of his power. One of the greatest, one of my favorite verses is Job chapter 26. Turn over there and get this because it gives us a, a look into how the woman with the issue of blood got healed. I mean, Jesus just stopped what he was doing and did something so special just for the woman with the issue of blood. No, it didn't. But Job chapter 26 says this. In fact, we'll just go up back to a little bit. Go up to verse 9. He covers the face of his throne and spreads his clouds over it. He drew a circular horizon on the on the face of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. He stirs up the sea with his power, and by his understanding he breaks up the storm. By his spirit he adorned the heavens. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Indeed, these are the mere, what? Edges or fringes. That word edge there means just the fringe, just the edge of his power of his ways, his power. How small a whisper we hear of him, but the, but the thunder of his power, who can withstand? So I want you to think about this. In Mark chapter 14, in, Mark, in Matthew 14 and Mark 5, is the account of the woman with the issue of blood. The power was already there, prepared ahead of time for her need and made available by faith. The woman with the issue of blood, that she had had a flow of blood for 12 years, had spent all her money on doctors, and it got no better. I'm telling you what today, the medical health care system, I have no problem with medicine. I use medicine. I go to a doctor as seldom as possible. 
in that and do another thing. But if, if it's good, if it's a resource, if it's an aid, that's okay. Amen? But that's not my dependency. If we believe God's word as much as we believe in medicine and doctors, we would walk in a greater health than you can imagine. If we had, if we had as much confidence. I was one by a doctor. A do, you can, people can go to a doctor and he say, here, take this. Okay. You, nobody goes, what's in it? What are the side effects? What could this do to me? Nobody does that. You ever listen to the side effects on all the medication things? I remember Riz telling me the other day the doctor tried to give him something for, for something he's going through. And he said, wait a minute, I read the side effects. I said, no, thank you. That's worse than what I have right now. And I like the thing that, that, that they'll tell you on there. One of the side effects is may cause death. Can, can I have two bottles? Are you listening to me? But, but we do that. We just have blind faith. And complete acceptance. But, but yeah, let the preacher, let the man of God get up and tell you, you can walk by faith. You can walk in authority. You can speak with authority. Well, I, I don't believe that. You bought that other. Oh. Luke 4.18, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me too. He says, the power, the anointing is upon me to provide an answer to the needs of the people. So the anointing is there. It's prepared. It's available for you. It is upon him. And she said, she heard who he was, and she knew what she had been raised to know what the covenant is. And she said, I know that in covenant with him, if I could just touch him, I will be made whole. I don't need to go eye to eye with him. I don't need him to lay hands on me. I don't need a private session with him. I don't need him to come to my house. I just need to get where I can touch him and all she did is she pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment or she reached to Job said just the fringe of his power and immediately power went out of Jesus he stops in the middle of a crowd and he says who touched me and the disciples said what do you mean the crowd is pressing on you multitudes of people, every step somebody new is touching you. He says, no, somebody has touched me by faith, for I perceive, watch this, power has gone out of me. Somebody made a demand of what is upon my life and is here. I am here for their need. And somebody believed and somebody read and somebody touched me with a touch of faith. And he turned to the woman and listen to what he said. He says, woman, your faith has made you whole. See, we want God to move in our unbelief and make us whole. Instead of saying, I'm going to stir up. I'm going to get in the word. I will be a man or a woman of faith. I will speak and I will declare. And when I have a need, I will learn how to get to the place where I can come in contact with just the fringe of his power. I don't need God to move heaven and earth. I don't need the God to come down. I don't need to go up. I just need to know that I can touch him. And when I touch him, I'll be made whole. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So look what happened. The power 
to be made whole and complete is so available that you only have to touch the edge, the garment, that which is covering the anointing to receive the provision. Jesus did not create a healing for this woman. She received by faith that which was already available to her and prepared for her. Amen. Like when people go to the doctor, doctor, well, we're going to take several of these parts out of your body. I said, I think they're supposed to be in there. Pretty sure the original manual said, I need that stuff. But we've done the same thing with our spirit man. We've let religion operate on our spiritual bodies and take elements of our life in God out of it. You don't need this. You don't need that. This is not for today. That's not for today. You don't need the power of God. You don't need the gifts of the Spirit. You don't need to prophesy. You don't need to pray in tongues. You don't need this. You can live without those parts. No, I'll be a spiritual cripple. No, thank you. I'd rather join up with Toby Mac and just be a Jesus freak. Yeah. Glory to God. So what's it? Isaiah declared, are you getting this this morning? Come on, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Isaiah declared to us that the word of God is like rain upon the earth coming for a purpose. Go to Isaiah 55. I feel like the spirit of coal got on me this morning. Good to have you home, son. Proud of Jack. Jack, that was so awesome. Cole sent Brennan's son, Jack, graduated from Fire Academy on Friday night. Amen. <laughs> young man of God. Awesome young man. Awesome. So proud of him. Amen. Isaiah 55, watch this. Look at verse 6. Seek the Lord, what? Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is, what? Near. Let the wicked, what? Forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will what? Come on, say that real loud. Abundantly pardon. Glory to God. He will abundantly pardon. Watch it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts in your earth. Watch. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but they water the earth and make it. Somebody say, make it. Watch it. They make it, bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's word was sent to your life and to my life for purpose, and it brings forth exactly the life that it contained. And when you and I believe the word of God, we receive the life that it contains. Are you doing okay? Everything God does in the earth, look at your outline. Everything he does in the earth is through the performance of his word. Therefore, it pays to know the word. God declares. That, that's why people are so, oh, man, Father, help me be nice. Be, don't be lazy when it comes to the word. Don't be lazy. The, the reason I put so much in your outline, because I believe you're people who want to know. 
And that you won't just take them and throw them away, leave it on the seat today when you leave. You'll go, man, I need to know this. That's my answer. That's the key to my victory. I'm going to go home. I'm going to study this. I'm going to learn this for myself. I'm going to be a Berean. I'm going to make sure pastor's preaching the word. And what he said is the truth from the word of God. I'm not just going to take his word for it because he was excited this morning. I'm going to prove it and know it for myself. Amen. Because too many times we end up like the seven sons of Sceva. You remember those guys? They went out, thought they had tried doing some spiritual stuff. Well, we'll go out, let's go try this casting out devil stuff. So they found a guy demon possessed, and they said, in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. And the devils go, well, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but I'm not sure who are you, who you are. I don't know you, so I think I'll just whip you, strip you naked, and send you off embarrassed. And that's what happened. See, you, you can't fight in the Jesus I know. You can't fight in the faith that I have. You have to have your faith. You have to prove the word of God to yourself. It has to be in your heart. You can't go out and say, according to what pastor said, it has to be, it comes out of your mouth. I say in the authority that I know has been given unto me. Amen. You have to know that you know for yourself. Amen. So God declares that his word will accomplish his purpose. The principle is that the word is the seed and the rain that caused the earth to produce. And you are third day soil. What did God form you out of? Out, out of the, on the third day, he called forth the earth and he declared that the earth would receive seed. So the, the earth was formed on the third day. And then God formed man out of the dust of the earth. He formed you out of third day soil. Three is the number of divine perfection. You were divinely formed to be able to receive the seed of God's word planted in your heart. And when you water it with the rain of your confession, it brings forth the life that it contains. Amen. Hallelujah. So watch this. If the earth will receive the seed and the rain it will produce, the word is the seed, the earth is my heart, and the rain is my confession. So what right do I have to return his word to him? See, people have a hard time confessing the word. There are some people who would never read that confession that I just put in your outline there by Pastor Casey because they think it sounds proud and arrogant when it's just the word of God declaring what God says about you. Religious people cannot make positive confessions with boldness. Amen. And if that's you today, you need to rebuke that spirit off of your life. Amen. Don't let religion bind you. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 43. Look, turn there. You're in, go back to your left a couple pages. Watch this. <coughs> Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 25 and 26. Look what it says. Turn too far. Let me pages together. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for what? For my own sake. That's for covenant right there. And I will not remember your sins. Keep that in mind, and we'll close with that this morning. Put, watch this. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. God says, put me in remembrance. Or in other words, remind me what I said concerning you. 
When you say, God, your word says, when you're speaking and confessing and praying the word, you're putting him in remembrance of what he said. And he said that his word will not return to him void. And so when I return his word to him, Father, I thank you, your word says. Father, I thank you, your word says. Father, I thank you, your word says. Something will happen in your prayer life if you start speaking and declaring the word like that. Instead of saying, Father, I need, I need, I need, you start saying, Father, I thank you, your word says that I am redeemed. I thank you, your word says I am forgiven. I thank you, your word says I am the healed of the Lord. I thank you, your word says that you will supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. I'm not here as a beggar. I'm not here here as a worm. I'm not here as unworthy. I'm here as your son. And by virtue of the blood, I've been given access to come into the holy of holy, to come before your throne and find grace to help in my time of need. So Father, I thank you. I'm here as a son today. And I'm thanking you for your provision over my life. I'm satisfied by the abundance of your house. Glory to God. I'm preaching myself into a nap. I'm going to have a great nap this afternoon. <laughs> Watch this. Look what God said. Israel had sin and had no righteousness of their own to stand on. They had no merit on their own to deserve salvation from the Lord. God delivered them. Listen to what it said. He delivered them for his name's sake, not their own. Like Israel, we stand not in our own righteousness. God saved them for his sake, for the sake of his word and his covenant. You see, I cannot come to him on my own merit. I have nothing in me to put him in remembrance of. And what I do have in me, I don't want him to be reminded of. Amen. Think about it. I cannot come to him in that area. But as a born-again believer... I can come on the merit and the integrity of the blood of Jesus and the word of God. When I approach the Father, Hebrews chapter 10, you can read it there. We have boldness and access through the blood. Amen? So what right do you have to come? Watch this. Isaiah 54. Turn there. Isaiah is amazing. It's a mini compilation of the whole Bible. Amen. Isaiah 54, look at verses 14 through 17. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whosoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the blacksmith, watch it, who blows on the coals of fire, who will bring forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue of judgment that rises up against you in judgment, and every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. People want to speak against you. You say, God bless you. I don't receive that. Amen. You know what? You know what you do? How many seen that thing, talk to the hand? Amen. This is what you say. Talk to the word. <laughs> 
Because the word said, every tongue that rises up against me, I can condemn. And I don't condemn and, and, and judge it down. I just say, you know, speak to the word. The word's my covering. Amen? People used to say, oh, oh well, I feel like somebody put a curse on me. The Bible says the curse cannot light without a cause. Are you doing all right? People can't speak curses on you. Are you doing all right? All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So God says, your righteousness of me, saith the Lord. Righteousness means moral virtue. Proverbs 18 says that when we live by righteousness, that righteousness has a sure reward. I like that. And Jesus is our righteousness. Amen? Look at the last page of your outline as I close this morning. God says, put me in remembrance of your righteousness in me and your equity of character. You see, if I come to God on my own, I can't do that. I have no righteousness in me. Paul says there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned, all have come short of the glory of God. But on the other side, in Christ, Romans, or 1 Corinthians 1, he has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. In him, I am righteous. He is my righteousness. So I come in his righteousness, not my own. And I have the right to declare. Revelation 12 Verses 10 and 11 said that these are they that overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What is the word of your testimony? It's confessing and declaring the word of God over your life. Let me close with this this morning. When we can settle this truth and principle in our life, we will never again hesitate to confess the word of God with faith to believe and see the performance of his word in the earth. Amen. So we have to be declared. So watch this. This morning I want to illustrate it like this. How many of you know what this is? You know what this is? Huh? It's currency money. You know what it really is? It's paper with words on it. It's paper with words on it that give this piece of paper and ascribe value. Okay, the words, just the word, just the words on this paper make this paper have an ascribed value. Do you know what this is? Paper with words on it that have an ascribed value. Which one's higher in your life? Which paper has more authority in your life. Walk through this with me in your outline. Currency and money and the word are both paper with words on them that ascribe value. Which piece of paper has the most value in your life? I know people who will let go of this before they would let go of this. Well, before I could let go of this, before I could give... I will give up this before I give up this. Because I believe that has more power than this. Which piece of paper causes you to see possibilities? Which one has the power to bring something you need into your life? If I ask you what you could do with this much money, what should you think of?
Okay, but why? See, you, don't, don't be spiritual on me. Now watch, watch, watch. Most people think, so for Sue and I, this would be Christmas presents for two grandkids. We have a budget. Each grandkid gets 50 bucks. We don't go into debt. And how much we spend doesn't prove how much we love. You're supposed to show how much you love regardless of how much you spend. Amen? But most people start thinking, well, that would be a new this, a new that. I could do this. That's a dinner date. I could do this. I could do that. Think of all that stuff. But what? What could you do with this much money? What could you think of? If I asked you, what could you do with this much word? See, we, we automatically think this will produce. Are you getting this this morning? We're, we're, we're conditioned to believe this will automatically produce an increase into my life. We don't see the, if I ever get to where I believe that this will produce at a higher level than this, I step over into a realm of faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. Not this. Oh, this will help me see something, bring something seen into my life that I don't see in my life yet. No. This is the evidence of things not seen. Are you doing all right? Glory to God. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to get you over that hurdle of fear of doubt and unbelief to understand why Jesus was born into there. Unto you this day is born in the city of David in the town of Bethlehem a Savior, Christ the Lord. And he came to get you out of the, from under the bondage of fear and doubt and unbelief and poverty and lack and oppression and discouragement and despair and anxiety and bring you over into the life of faith and provision and abundance and the, and, and the peace of God ruling over your life. Glory to God. But when I answer, we'll always reveal the source of your faith and power. Whose word is more sure, God's or the U.S. Treasury? Which word do you trust in the most? Amen. Now, I'm not saying that we've already, I'm not taking it off or I'm not doing this, but listen to me. If you go here, you'll get a giving statement at the end of this year. And when you look at that compared to your giving, to your life, it'll tell you where your trust has been. My giving is a declaration of trusting God. Every time I give, every time I release, I'm saying, God, you're greater than this. You're greater. You're greater. Your word will always produce. You'll always produce. When we only have $300 a month to live on, we can still honor you, and your word will always produce. We believe in your word, and you said you would always supply all of our needs. Are you listening to me? And when I live by faith in my finances in just that one area is a great victory over my life. And in that area, you know what God does? That, that's why it would happen. That's why people came into our life. During that season, the people we were renting our home from said, you don't have to pay us any rent. You get to live here rent-free until you get a job. People would come and give us money. They would bring us food. People were bringing food in. A pastor came to try out for the church where we were helping out at that time. And he says, hey, you, don't you have health insurance? You're pregnant. What, how are you paying for your health insurance? He says, our church will pay for your health insurance. 
People just stepped up time and time and time again. Every need, every bill, every necessity, every time we needed gas, every time we needed food, every time there was a need, we were honoring God with our $300 a month and blessing God. And God's word came through. This is greater than that. But you live in a world that's governed by this, that seeks for the power that this can produce. Are, are, are you getting this this morning? It's such, it's such a battle for all of our lives. When God's word becomes the most powerful and productive force in your life, nothing will stop you. Nothing. Nothing will stop you. It's just like, now, now watch this. Let, let, let me just brag on God on this area. You see this building that you're living in? Worshiping God in, we're hanging out in. Isn't this awesome? Do you know you guys didn't provide for all this? Do you know God, because we give and we sow in other places, do you know God moved on different people? We have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars supernaturally come from outside unexpected sources to help us do what we did in this house. And because as a house, we live to give. We send money and we support mission. We give and we're liberal in our giving as a church. God honors that and things come in. Are you doing okay? God will always come through on every level of your life and make his provision work for you. Whether it is finances, whether it is health. People say, Pastor Don, how do you stay so healthy? How do you stay so vital for God at the age of 70? Because I've given my life to him and I'm living for him. I'm not trying to figure out how to have life and put God in part of my life. I gave him my whole life. I'm going to honor him my whole life. I'm going to serve him my whole life. And I'm as strong today as I was when I started in ministry. That's why I said he will restore and renew our youth. Amen? Watch this. So God's word is the currency of heaven and his kingdom. And with his word, you can obtain everything you need in life. Everything you need, you can obtain with his word. Watch this. Hear this. Circumstances can always rise above the power of money to produce an answer. People are faced with circumstances that money can't buy an answer for. But you'll never be faced with the circumstance that God's word can't provide an answer for. Are you hearing me this morning? So I'm talking about being a people of faith. So how do I get so much confidence in God's word? God, I believe your word. I live here. Look at Jesus said it like this. Jesus said it like this. He that hears my word and does it. It's like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And I don't care what kind of circumstances came against it. The winds came, the floods came, and the storm came and beat against that house. But it stood because it was built on the rock. Amen? So this word will always produce even an answer when it's beyond what money can produce. Hear me this morning as I close. You have every right to declare the word of God, the word of the Lord, and use the currency of heaven. That's all I'm trying to get you to see this morning. I'm not trying to take another offering and do anything. I'm just telling you, this, this is the declared value, but this is the highest declared value that you can have in your life. 
And you have every right. Hear me, you have every right. Hear me online, you have every right. I don't care what religious preachers tell you. I don't care what people say has passed away. You have every right to speak the word with all boldness. They prayed after the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 4. They said, grant to us that with all boldness we may speak your word. Amen? So hear me, you have every right to declare the word of the Lord and use the currency of heaven. The record of your past has been sealed, as we've read, and can never be used against you. The blood has covered you, and the word has promoted you. You are under heaven's witness protection plan. You've been given a new identity, and you've been moved into the witness protection. No, that's not who that was. That's who he was, but that's not who he is now. He's been given a new name. The Bible says there's a new name. We used to sing your core. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Amen. And he said he'll give you a new name. Your name is redeemed. Your name is child of God. Your name is joint heir. Glory to God. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Amen. God is waiting for the word that he has sent with purpose to return to him through the declaration of your faith. In him and in his word. When you hear the word believe the word, and declare the word, faith is in action. Faith will always receive what God has promised. Everything you will ever need in life has already been prepared by him. By faith today, you can touch the edge, the fringe of his power, and receive the answer prepared for you. The question is, how much of heaven's currency do you have? Never forget your faith is your PIN number to access heaven's account. Stand with me this morning. Kevin, could you just come to the keyboard? Come on, just put everything down out of your hands just for a moment. I haven't even preached as long as the first half of a football game today. The pastor, that's too long of a message. No. You'll watch a three, four-hour football game. Amen. And not move. Amen. And not lose attention. Something happens when God grabs our attention. And I want to know of Him. And I get excited. My pastor used to tell me this. Brother Hood came and preached after he retired, came and preached with one day, taught on Tuesday night. And he said this. Never forget the little faith victories God gives you. How many have ever asked God to find your car keys? So you had faith for car keys, but you struggled at being healed. You just ask the creator of the universe to get down so small in your life to show you where your keys are. How many have ever said, God, call my phone? But but just think of all the little things you've asked God to do and he's come through. And if you'll remember the small victories he's given you. They'll continue to build your confidence in Him for the moment you need a great breakthrough. 
So I'm asking you to bow your heads with me this morning. And just stand right there and be quiet where you are just for a moment. Cole, I'm asking you to be ready. Help me pray here in just a minute, son. Because God's going to do something amazing here in some lives in just a moment. Because God wants you to know that you've been saved to have a transformed life. There's some of you here today and the reports, you, you believe the report and reports have come that are contrary to God's word, everything, yeah. But some of you need to become that woman today. And you need to be saying, I'm going to touch, I'm going to touch, I'm going to touch the fringe of his power. I'm going to touch. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If I can just touch him, I will be made whole. And so I'm declaring to you today that God's word is higher than any report you've heard. His word is higher and more sure than any circumstance you are facing right now. And the power of the Lord is present to heal right now. You don't have to move heaven. You just have to move towards heaven and touch the fringe of his power. In just a moment, Cole and I are going to lay hands on you just real quickly. And the power of God's going to come upon you. God's going to give a breakthrough into your life. So if you're here this morning and you need that breakthrough, you need to touch the fringe of his power. Then move from where you are all across this altar right now in Jesus' name.